Hi everyone, I'm Maggie. I'm Alex. And we are Socially Coarse. Where we talk about pretty much everything you can think of. That Well, yeah, that's related to nerdy, geeky stuff anyway. Most likely, yes. Most. Or our life, or just anything that we think of and we want to discuss and we have a very strong opinion about. Which is most things. Yeah. Not sport, not politics. I'm no. leaving that out. I'm not dealing no. with that. We can't do that because do it that. would be too much. So... Today we have the topic of the 13th Doctor, as everybody would have seen by now because we are very late on this first podcast attempt, um, is that we have a new Doctor who is a female! Hooray! Now, that may have sounded super sarcastic, but from the very start of this conversation, I want to establish and I want to to make absolutely sure that we don't care about who the next doctor is going to be. Yeah. It could have been anyone. It could have been anything. We don't care. Mm-hmm. Maggie's quite a new fan of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. I'm quite an old fan of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. I introduced Maggie to Doctor Who. What? Three and a half, four years ago when we first met. Yeah, Ish? yeah. You introduced me from Christopher Eccleston. Almost. Yeah. So I literally start. Well, I started from the scratch of the new. Yeah. Seasons because I think starting starting with like. William Hartnell would have been a little bit of a rough start because yeah. they're not great. I like and also, as we found out while doing research for this podcast, some mm. of those episodes are completely lost. That is true. Yeah, so they're in the the BBC archives, and apparently there's what nine, or nine, something yeah, nine, nine lost. episodes that are completely missing, so they can't actually complete this the seasons with it, so, which is fantastic. Yeah, I think I I have I do struggle. I mean, I'm a you know from the offset, I'm a Trekkie. But I do mm. struggle with original series Star Trek because it feels, because of the quality of the production yeah. back then, it feels more terrifying than it probably should, considering it's a sci-fi series. So it's, I felt it would be the same with Doctor Who. Yeah, for me it's not just that, but it is the kind of, the quality of it. Obviously the quality of filming and acting and script writing back then, you know, we're talking about early 60s, mm. was pretty poor compared to today's standard. Yeah. Obviously back then it would have been normal or it would have been quite groundbreaking, but... Compared to now, we are a little bit spoiled with mm-hmm. 1080p everything. Yeah. Um, and even to be fair, even going back to the first season of the new, say, yeah, yeah, of the new Doctor Who was pretty rough. Yeah. I mean, um, when did that come out? Let me just double check. Yeah, but that was you know that was um, BBC bringing it back and having a very low budget uh-huh. and not knowing whether it would be good. Which is um, actually it was quite interesting for me to go back to the start. Um, yeah. Because obviously I've been watching, I've watched it from Christopher Eccleston onwards, and I kind of just kept kept up with it through Matt Smith, etc. Um, and then going back to the start, I was like, wow, you can tell. It yeah. started in two thousand and five, so filming wasn't terrible back then. No. I mean, we're only talking like twelve years ago, for God's sake. Yeah. But it was budgets, and it was uh, wasn't a massive budget thing. It wasn't no. a massive budget film. Um, it was you know a TV show. Obviously, the BBC is quite big, but they still yeah. needed to, to budget these things. They didn't know how successful it was going yeah. to be. From from the the offset when they first announced it, they were up against a lot of opposition already, oh, yeah. like there is now. Every time we hear about a remake or a reboot, we lose our minds yeah. complaining about it. Yeah. It was the same back then. You know, two thousand five, they said, "Oh, we're bringing back Doctor Who." You had some new people who were nerds who'd never really seen the old mm. series, like me, admittedly. Yeah. I'd seen a few episodes when I was younger. I never really paid that much attention. Um, and I was like, oh, this could be really cool. New Doctor Who, this would be really good. But obviously there were people who had seen the original series and they were like, no, well, no. You, can't, you can't reboot this. What are you talking about? Yeah. 
So obviously the bu they didn't want to invest too much into it in case it was a flop. Yeah. And also there was an attempt at a... Actually, the Americans made a film, I found this out very recently, um, because I'm quite new to the Who world, um, they made a film which they used the doctor from the last, like the last doctor who was in the original series. I don't know what his name was exactly, I, I, I forget. But they used him and a new like American companion and actually the Americans originally intended for that film to launch a whole mm. new Doctor Who series that would be produced by MBS in America. Um, NBC, MBS? I don't know. One of them too. Um, it was Paul McGann. I think was that was the one they used. Doctor. I think that was the one they used. Um, or it might have been Sylvester McCoy. Sylvester McCoy was is one of the more slightly famous doctors. Yeah, I think that was him. Um, but you know, because he had he looked like the, the outfit he wore was pretty garishly colourful. Yeah. Like his scarf was uber colourful yeah. so. I don't know, I, it was one of them, but um, they basically intended to, for that to launch the new sort of Doctor Who series yeah. as produced by the Americans and that was a huge flop. Basically yeah, the film obviously. already failed to, to capture audiences. So really they were going up against A having a low budget because it was an old series that they wanted to reboot and back then that was not done. Yeah. B you know, having a flop from America where people just hated it. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a lot go going against them, but they managed to pull it back in but really good fashion. It is a very it. British thing. It's a it's a massive staple of British culture, yeah. is Doctor Who. You know, it's one of the massive things that England has made from scratch, and there were British authors on it, and, you know, we we turned it into this thing, which was really, really cool. Yeah. Um, but it's like getting slightly back on yeah, topic. You know? <laughs> Honestly, it was this week, you know, so, yeah, Maggie's fairly new. I'm fairly mm -hmm. old. And, you know, from the offset, as soon as someone asked the question, I know tensions were already rising when mm -hmm. the 12th Doctor was selected. Mm -hmm. There were already a few people grumbling, saying, well, why wasn't it a woman? Why wasn't it a black guy? Why wasn't it a black woman? Why wasn't it an Asian yeah. human? You know, not to say that Asians aren't human, but... Um, <laughs> And but obviously by the time it came to it, you know Peter Capaldi was picked and me pers we're personally not too no. keen on them but we'll circle back to that later. Um, when the Thirteenth Doctor sort of process started happening, obviously there hasn't been security's been uber tight around it. Usually these things get leaked and picked out and things like that. Mm. And there wasn't you know there wasn't anything about it. People were speculating there was. A generally common list of mm -hmm. people who might be the next Doctor. Jodie um, Whittaker wasn't on any no. of them. No. Um, that's because I think they kept the new writer fairly secret as yeah. well, so you couldn't kind of um, guess, that. guess it from there. Yeah, obviously the new writer being uh, Chris Chibnall. Who, who replaced wrote. Stephen Moffat. And yeah. Yeah, Chris Chibnall was a broadchurch writer. Yeah. And he's joining Doctor Who. And obviously Jodie Whittaker was on broadchurch. So yeah. we won't make any connections there. Yeah. Because we have heard from multiple sources that it was done through a as very stringent audition process. Yeah. However, there is something fishy there. Yeah, there is something you can probably glean from that. But um, yeah, so there wasn't anything about it, but I think we knew, we kind of thought, and a lot of other people knew that there was no way the 13th Doctor was going to be a typical Doctor who they'd usually use, yeah. needless to say, a white, white guy. Yeah. White guy. Um, I was going to say middle-aged, but no, they kind of change it up as well. Yeah. Um, so there was there was no way the thirteenth Doctor was going to be another kind of average Doctor. No, it wasn't going to happen. Same as the rest of the ones that have come before. Let's yeah, call it that. yeah, yeah. Because you can't say normal. You can't say no. average. So just to avoid that kind of stuff. Again, we are not racist or sexist or no, anything no. in any way. Um, and it was announced that it was Jodie Whittaker. And fine, I haven't seen Broadchurch. Mm. I spoke to a few people who have. They said 
The writing's quite good on it, which is good with obviously Chris Chibnall moving over. Mm -hmm. um, but they have, you know, I have heard several criticisms about Jodie Whittaker's actual character mm. um, being quite kind of whiny a lot of the time. And I've heard a couple of people say that they loved her in it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'll it's 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 a personal choice. It's the same like with any doctor. Like we don't like Peter Capaldi, but there are a lot of people we don't. who do. So I personally don't like Peter Capaldi because I think he's too aggressive to be. A doctor. a doctor. He mm. is kind of just angry mm. non-stop. And mm. obviously they may have done that for a reason with regards to the doctor getting it. The more he deals with humanity, the more mm -hmm. weary and annoyed of saving them he gets. We found that out with like Matt Smith. Mm -hmm. You know, he was going on like a farewell tour because he just thought, I'm not saving them anymore. Oh. They can take care of themselves from now on. Because as, you know, humanity as a race tends to dig its own holes and, you know... <laughs> we put far too much effort into finding new and exciting ways to kill each other. And I assume that would carry over to contact with alien races as well. Mm. I know our first response for new alien races would be, hey, we're friendly. But I know there'd be an undertone in there of, hey, we're friendly, but we can't kill you. Yeah. And that's just how humans react. We're quite an aggressive race on the whole. Mm -hmm. Obviously, when you get down to talk about individuals and things like that, it's a totally different topic. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, he was getting a bit annoyed with it, things like that. And there were occasions where Matt Smith broke. Mm -hmm. He got very, very emotional. But then he always managed to regain control yeah. of himself. Whereas, I feel Peter Capaldi's just... He's non just... Nah, he's just non-stop angry and cynical and sarcastic, which can be funny, but there are times where you think, like, oh, I wish he'd just chill out. Yeah. And just read the situation a bit as opposed to, yeah. you know. and just shouting all the time. Yeah, and that transferred over to Clara, I think, mm -hmm. as a companion. Um, some spoiler alerts ahead, by the way, for people who aren't up to date. Um, so just, you have been forewarned. But, Clara dies. Yeah. Um... Which was a significant change from how companions were usually. Yeah, decided. I mean, we were talking about this before, and everyone was complaining about Stephen Moffat's writing mm -hmm. getting steadily worse. And I can see that. I can see that. Obviously, there's only so much you can do where the baseline of the, you know, the formula for the entire, every single episode is the Doctor and his companion arrive somewhere, mm -hmm. either accidentally or on purpose. There's either some big disaster in progress or they somehow orchestrate accidentally some big disaster. Um, you know, the TARDIS gets quote-unquote destroyed, or it gets stolen, or it sinks into the ground, or the Doctor gets kidnapped, or the Companion gets kidnapped, or they're trying to save a child. That's the baseline for the, you know, what can go wrong. And then there's the big, oh, there's no hope. Yeah. Maybe this Companion is actually dead. Maybe the, maybe the TARDIS is actually destroyed. And then there's the big reveal where mm -hmm. the Doctor's like, hey... I've fixed everything, everything, you know, he fixes everything, mm -hmm. everything's wonderful, there's mm -hmm. always some extra minor characters who usually yeah. die, yeah. just to kind of ramp up tensions, yeah. and then he, him and his companion fly away into the sunset. Woo. And they've been doing that now for a, a long time. Yeah. Even just going back to um, Christopher, Eccleston. Christopher Eccleston, yeah. They've, he's been going for a while yeah. now, you know... The, I mean, Stephen like, Moffat's been on the show for seven years now. Yeah, and like That's I say, a when, long time. when you have to deal with that pretty much extremely stringent kind oh. of formula for, for writing the show, there's only so much you can do yeah. before you get bored. Yeah. And I feel as though it's more blatant with uh, Peter Capaldi, to be honest. I think, mm. you know, I started watching it with an open mind, as I always yeah. do, thinking, I don't like him, but, I, you know, we'll give it a crack. 
and it was just boring. Yeah. It was dull. Yeah. Which is obviously really disappointing because I know Stephen Moffat is a good writer. Yeah, and we know that Peter Capaldi is a good actor. And he's, yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's such a passionate Doctor Who fan. Yeah. Like, he led one of the, like, main fan clubs in Scotland for yeah, Doctor Who. You know, did, he yeah. was the leader of it. And it's such a shame that that, that that combination seems to not have worked out because... You know, he was it, Capaldi was already a little bit of a departureist. Like he was quite old, you mm. know, really. And and to be fair, there are a couple of other reservations that we have in terms of, you know, they tried to make him look quite young and hip. And yeah, just with like, like quite funky clothes and everything, and the hair was hair, always like, really styled and things like that. And he thought, well, if you're going to bring in an older doctor, keep him old. That's, yeah, that's keep the him whole... wise. Like I expected from the way that he looked, I expected him to be quite a wise man. You know, just. Just kind of, I don't know, there was just something that I expected more of, you know. I expected him to kind of, um, uh, yes, kind yeah, of like, be, you know. Like with uh, John Hurt, when he played the War Doctor. Aww. They didn't overly try with him. No. And he looked really old. And, you know, there wasn't, they didn't, they did a little bit of something with his hair, but it, it wasn't like... He was old and ragged, and his clothes yeah. were old and ragged, and that was the way it was meant to be. It's like, but he he was amazing. Yeah, I really like John Hurt as the Aww. the War Doctor because he was he absolutely fantastic. He died. And yeah, I know, but they wouldn't have brought him back anyway because no. he was technically a previous yeah. Doctor. So, but yeah, so so all this kind of accumulated into yeah. The we do we do have a point by the way. We are coming back yeah. to the original. So topic. this all comes back to the announcement, and obviously we expected it to be a female Doctor, and we have nothing yes. against it being a female. We have nothing Not against all. it being any kind of human on the planet. Not at all. But. The, the thing that it comes back to for both of us that we've agreed on is that we don't like when women are put into positions simply because they are women. Yeah. I don't care if if there was a huge audition and so many good people auditioned and she was the best. If that is the case and if that is how they play it, then absolutely go for it and I will be yeah. the happiest fan in the world and we both will. Yeah. But if... The entire series is going to be about pointing out that she's a female and nothing more than that. Then, like, I just, I just hate that in professional kind of mm. uh, situations mm. with women as well. I hate that in, you know, like where a company has a kind of formula that says, you know, it has to be fifty percent male, fifty percent female. So they hire women just because of their gender, not because of their knowledge. That that grinds my gears so much because I feel like, you know, that that's not female equality. That's just you know, just, just the promotion of the female's gender. I mean, like. we are fully expecting and accepting the fact that the first episode is probably going to be filled yeah. with jokes. Like, kind of, you know, like, ooh, these are new and... Yeah. Oh, I like, haven't oh, had this before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hair and, is in my way or and, something. Yeah, exactly. We know the first episode is going to be littered with jokes like that. We've accepted that now. That's just how it's going to be because, mm -hmm. obviously, they have to continuously point out that she's a female. What we don't want is that for ca to carry over for the whole time Jodie mm -hmm. Whittaker's a doctor, basically. Mm -hmm. I don't want because if every episode is just her saying, making jokes about herself being a female, yeah. then it's going to be poor. Yeah. It's I going mean, to get it's, annoying. It's basically like you know, imagine like every single like that that episode formula that we just described of like you know this uh, you know the doctor arrives and there's trouble and stuff like that. Imagine if inside of that every single time she arrives somewhere, it's that person being like, oh. I didn't expect you to be a female now. Like, 
if they say that every single time, like every new person that they meet that was like a friend of the doctor's, if they go on about that, then obviously it's lost the point that everybody's been saying about like, oh, you know, time lords are above the gender thing. Well, if everybody points it out, then they're not. Exactly. Um, it would be the same if they were anything. If they yeah. were black, Asian, if they were super tall, super short, if they were yeah. whatever. You know, it was always going to be the case that in the first episode, they always make references to yeah. themselves. Yeah. They all sit like when Matt Smith first came about, he's like, oh, this chin's a bit big. Yeah. And that was funny because he mentioned yeah. it once and there yeah. were jokes to it during like the other the, the other episodes. Every now and again, there were jokes about all of them. Yeah. About how, especially, you know, like David Tennant, there were always jokes about how weirdly he dressed because he was yeah. always in a suit, but he was, yeah. always, he was always wearing Converse. Yeah. And Matt Smith was always with the bow tie oh. and Peter Capaldi looks like a 12 year old. Yeah. And. You know, it's going to happen, but I think with it being a female, not not the typical doctor, they're going to have to be careful with it because yeah. people are rapidly going to get sick of it. Yeah. Theoretically, now we shouldn't see any more of River Song because I believe up to now they've met for the first and last time. Yeah. Um, they met her for the first time in the library. I can't remember what the episode was called, but again, spoiler alert if you're not caught up, so skip the next 30 seconds or so but um, she dies and the doctor stores mm-hmm. her memory within the library so she becomes the library mm-hmm. and then they I'm trying to remember when the because that was the f- that was the last the, time she meets the doctor but it was the was, first time the doctor met her but then the f- and then it's going to be the first time she met the doctor and the last time he met her um, so that was wasn't that the episode where it turns out that she was the best friend of Rose and she has the whole oh, sorry was it Rose no Amy Pond and she has that whole regeneration was that the yes I don't know anyway anyway so this, I'm, I'm, this... well we shouldn't see much more of her anyway no we, we haven't finished shame. watching the Capaldi so series and things like that so she, so she might be in there again we might but, be totally wrong but yeah but it's um I think the other discussion that we've had. About this whole thing. I don't know what point you were making with her. Mm-hmm. But um, the discussion that we've had about this whole thing is also the fact that, you know, I don't, we both don't feel like Doctor Who has been underrepresenting any kind of person. Like, they've had, you know, they've been very open to kind of the LGBT community, we Definitely. feel. But obviously, we're not, you know, we're not in that community. So maybe we're completely misinterpreting and maybe... You know, they have completely different feelings, and that's absolutely fine. But we kind of feel like Doctor Who does it right, where there have been characters in there, and they've been gay, or they've been bisexual, or they've been polyamorous, like um, Captain, Captain Jack. Jack. Captain Jack would just and do anything. And, and it's it was just normal. It wasn't anything special. It wasn't like oh, like there was there was a female was character. A we, comment. Yeah, we co- we noticed in one of the episodes there was a female character, and she said, "Me and my wife." have had some rough patches and stuff. And it wasn't anything other than that. It was just a mm. no, conversation. No, it, um, it was Amy Pond. She was talking to uh, a friend who just got engaged, a female friend. And oh, Amy, well. Amy, Amy Pond was talking to the female friend. She said, oh, she's finally making an honest woman out of you. So obviously it's this lesbian couple getting married, but it wasn't a big deal. It yeah. was a passing comment. And that, yeah. that, like you say, that's the right way to do it. Yeah. If we want to, you know, this is going to a slightly different topic, but we won't spend too much time on it. If we want to live in this truly quote-unquote equal community mm. that's how to do it yeah and then obviously there was this big you know hurrah about the lesbian companion coming on which mm-hmm. is fine myself and maggie haven't actually gotten that far yet because no. we're struggling to get through the capaldi thing yeah. but that, that goes back to the previous uh, stuff yeah. we said 
Um, and obviously there was a big hurrah about it. We didn't think it was that big of a deal, but obviously other people disagree. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, if you're in the LGBT community and you feel that that, that is the kind of representation that you need, fair enough. Um, we kind of, I don't know, it's just that whole thing where, you know, why... Why do you feel the need to change the originals when you can just come up with something brand new that will be completely representative of you? Yeah. Like, you know, that's the whole thing about the female. Because, like, the conversation we've had a lot of the time is that, you know, Doctor Who has been, like, so open. And actually, you know, even though the Doctor's always been male, the companion has always been female, but it's been a strong female character. Yeah, it's not like a weak one, it wasn't. No. Because that's why the Doctor picks them, because yeah. they're smart and strong. and they, they can take care of themselves. And every time the doctor says, wait here, I'll go sort it out, they never wait. Yeah. They literally never wait. They always go with them and fix it. And, and that's why he chooses him, them. actually, exactly. in the end. Yeah. And it's like... Tons it, of times he tries, the doctor always nearly gets himself killed or tries to sacrifice himself. And it's always the, you know, the female companion who turns up and is like, whoa, there's a different way to do this. Yeah. And they save the day. Exactly. And it's, it just seems a shame that that entire thing has been kind of almost, ridi- not ridiculed, but it's almost been put into like... Like, like a, question, a, it's, it's a bit of a slap in the face yeah. of the previous male doctors and also the, and the female, female companions. companions. Yeah, exactly. It's saying that basically they weren't important enough yeah. because they weren't the main doctor, and that's not true. Like Rose was such a big deal. Clara was a Rose huge was deal. Rose was such a long running thing. Yeah. As well. I'm not complaining about it. No, it was but it's really just... good when every now and again, even when Rose wasn't the companion anymore, when she was replaced with Martha, I think came yeah. after her. And every now and again, you'd see Bad Wolf written somewhere, yeah. and you'd be like, oh, Rose is coming back! And yeah. she came back in the the, the special episode, yeah, the War Doctor episode. She was there as this, you know... Yeah. She was in a Catherine Tate episode as well, yeah, with she was, Donna she as was the in companion. A lot of them, she was in a lot of them, yeah. And it's just, it's just such a shame that basically, you're almost, by talking about the fact that because there wasn't a female Doctor, it's not female it representative... Count. yeah. That's that's really mean to the other female companions. It's I mean, Clara was the impossible girl. Martha was a super really smart doctor. She was a doctor, yeah. Like. Who like, and she was, you know, like a lot of people say, you know, that it's not inclusive. She was like a black female doctor, like yeah, like you know, and she was and super how, smart. And how much of a metaphor can you get with that? The doctor yeah. picks a companion who is a, a, an actual doctor in, in terms yeah. of us, and obviously it's the strong black yeah. female character. And like I say, it seems like. When people bang on about it, and you know, Jodie Whittaker was picked, fine, whatever, we'll deal with it. We don't care, as long no. as it's a good actress, etc. But when people said, like, oh, finally there's a, a strong female lead and there's a strong female main character, you're like, there always has been. Yeah. And it's always been an incredibly inclusive and progressive show from, I like, know. the very first episode. And it's such a shame, because, like, you know, I felt that they, the writers were always, like, you know, we were talking, like, about how the start, you know, of in the 60s, they still managed to have strong female characters Two as the companions. And back then, like, that was probably, like, extremely progressive. With the 60s. Yeah, and they've I mean, always tried, and they've always, they've always they, been really open with it. And uh, Me, personally, looking back at the, the pictures and things from the first episode, first ever episode, they weren't typically beautiful women for the time either no. so it's not like they were only put in there so the doctor could have some arm candy because i don't know if, if many of you who are listening are hoovians or you're just listening because it's a hot topic at the minute or whatever but in the very first episode the doctor actually had three companions and it was one was his granddaughter and the other two were her school teachers and there was one male and one other female so it was an equally split cast yeah. again it's you know there were two males there two but females as well and obviously, like I say, it goes back to where it begs the question, what's the, what's the companion going to be now? 
Yeah. Who's the next companion going to be? Is it going to be male? Or is mm-hmm. it going to be another female? Mm-hmm. Because obviously that then begs the question whether, you know, men are being underrepresented. But a lot of people seem to be of the mind that that physically isn't a thing, which kind of annoys me. But that's a different... That's yeah. a different I mean, I, can't, I kind of understand. There's a lot, yeah, of, yeah. Fe- uh, there's a lot of male-led films. But it just seems like... You know, there's a there's a lot to be said for kind of appreciating that the actors didn't really have a choice. Like they were like, can you really honestly say that Christopher Eccleston, Matt Smith, David Tennant, or Peter Capaldi were not suited for the role of Doctor Who? Like that they were bad people for the role. Because if not, then surely we can't really say that just because they weren't of the female gender they were wrong. Yeah. Like Yeah, like almost everyone related to Doctor Who has said their piece mm-hmm. now about the, there are a couple of people who are saying it shouldn't be a female that's their prerogative yeah obviously we disagree we're not saying it should or shouldn't be anyone or anything yeah. we're just saying as long as it's for the, the right reasons yeah as long as they're a good good actor uh-huh. or actress mm-hmm. as long as they you know as long as the new writers keep the show as it is as mm-hmm. well obviously Chris Chibnall's got quite a lot to live up to now yeah. Uh, with regards to the storylines and things like that. Because yeah. my personal, I think, everyone's got their new, everyone's got their favourite Doctor from, yeah. the new, from the new and the old series. Yeah. Personally, my favourite Doctor is David Tennant. But I think the best Doctor in the new series so far has been Matt Smith. Mm-hmm. And people, people always get confused when I say that, but it, it does make sense because David Tennant was, he, he kick-started it, I think. Yeah. Because Christopher Eccleston wasn't super popular, but again, no. that goes back to the budget of the show, yeah. the quality of the, the effects and things like that, and the obviously, writing. and the writing. Yeah, the quality steadily increased with David Tennant, and when it got to Matt Smith, it skyrocketed. Because yeah. towards the end of David Tennant's run, you know, nobody wanted David Tennant to go. No, David Tennant himself didn't want to go. A piece of trivia. It's super sad. I don't know again if how many guys have seen it, but the last episode with David Tennant in it. When he rescues Donna's granddad mm. from the radiation chamber mm. that he accidentally gets locked into, um, you know he take he, he absorbs all the radiation. He knows he's going to die, and then he's you know he breaks down and he's hugging the the granddad and he's you know he's in tears. Oh, so I know this is when he gets he makes it back into the TARDIS after yeah. he said his goodbyes to everyone. And he starts crying, and then he says, you know, I don't want to go. And then he regenerates. That was real. Yeah. That was David Tennant actually saying that. It wasn't yeah. scripted at all. Neither were the tears, you know. That, And it was David Tennant actually saying that. He really didn't want to no. leave. And I really didn't want him to go. No. When they announced Matt Smith, I was so against it. Yeah. Because I was like, no, I'm not watching anyone. It's not David Tennant. I don't care. But obviously, I came around. <laughs> I woke up a little while, a few seasons into Matt Smith, yeah. and I started watching. And I was like, actually, yeah, he's really good. Yeah, Matt Smith. Is, Matt really Smith good. is excellent because David Tennant. When David Tennant got angry, it was quite rare, yeah. and you knew things were about to kick off. Matt Smith, I think, struck a really good balance between. Yeah. He was always really light-hearted and sarcastic, and you know, he's always really bouncy and happy. And that's just the kind of person I think Matt Smith is, which was he brought into the role. Um, but then when he got angry, you were like, oh, something's about to go down. Yeah. Matt Smith's getting angry. And like this, I think it's the second episode where he ends up on the space whale mm-hmm. when planet earth is whatever. Yeah. Know, and the space whales came in. 
oh, the United yeah. Kingdom's on there, basically. Yeah. And then he finds out what they've actually been doing to these to the animal, creature, to the yeah. to the whale where they've basically shoved a laser in its brain and they keep it moving by occasionally shocking, shocking it. it and things like that. And he gets so angry about it. And he says, you know, like, no human is allowed to speak to me today because he's just so angry with it. And that was outstanding. That was amazing. And, you know, some of the... I mean, I'm not saying David Tennant, Christopher Eccleston, and Peter Capaldi, whatever, everyone's got their favourites. There'll be people out there right now who are shaking their heads and disagreeing with yeah. me, and that's fine. That's everyone's fine. got that's, their favourites. That's they'll the beauty be, of Dr. Exactly. Hill. It's something for everyone. There'll be people saying, like, oh, there'll never be anyone better than Tom Baker yeah. or Sylvester McCoy. And things and that's like, fine. That's fine. Yeah. Like, as long as you give it a chance, it's okay. And that's yeah. what we're doing with yeah. Jodie Whittaker. We're trying to give it a chance because we don't like Peter Capaldi. The writing was getting a bit mm-hmm. slow. So maybe so a new writer and a new actor might breathe some new life into it. We don't know. Yeah, but then... Yeah, so that those are all thoughts around. I mean, there's one final point to be made, um, which somebody pointed out to me, and it was mm. actually, uh, like, it was from, like, where I work. And it's a very good point. Is if you look at the past twelve Doctors, and if you compare them to Jodie Whittaker, none of the twelve Doctors were classically beautiful men. Yeah. And yet, for the first female, they have to pick somebody classically beautiful. I mean, Jodie Whittaker's skinny, pretty, blonde, blonde. tall. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and like, again, think of that what you will, but yeah. it does, it seems to speak a little bit of yeah. what we've been talking about. Which is a shame because, you know, female, like, the, the thing that women have been fighting for is to not be represented just by beautiful people. Like, you yeah. know, there's all shapes and sizes and all that. And that's what, actually, Doctor Who with men has done that. You know, it's, it's taking you through that journey of having different types of men. And none of them were classically beautiful. I mean, yeah, obviously, there's uh, a lot of people who love David Tennant, and we do too. We but, do. you know, there's, there's just such a range Everyone of Everyone finds different things attractive. Yeah. There will, will be people who look at David Tennant and go, I don't know how you can find him yeah. attractive. Whereas I've got a bit of a man crush on David yeah. Tennant. Yeah, who doesn't? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's just, it's just interesting to see that. But the, the whole overarching thought that we have is we don't care who the new Doctor is, female, male, whoever... As long as they're good for the role, and yeah. that's why they're and picked. Yeah, just to reiterate, just because Jodie Whittaker's attractive, we're not holding that against her. Oh, God, It no. might be the... We, like I say, we haven't seen Broadchurch. Might be the case that she's a really good actress, in mm-hmm. which case, fantastic. We're yeah. looking forward to watching Doctor Who. We still are looking forward to watching Doctor Who. Yeah. But, again, it does... It might allude to certain things. Yeah. But that's, again, that's, you know, that's a societal problem, which is a much broader topic than anyone can really comment on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Maggie says, overall it's just we don't care. Could have been, a, you know, six-armed tentacle monster from yep. planet boob. But yeah, sorry, I struggling to think of an oddly alien name. <laughs> and we wouldn't have cared, you know, because yeah. there is the argument where like, oh, why isn't a doctor a woman? And it's like, well, he's meant to be an alien. Why isn't he? Yeah, an, a, an alien, a typical. Yeah. Why isn't he? You know, a, a, a tentacle monster. And there's a lot of overarching things. It does kind of beg the question as well who the 14th Doctor will be. Because, obviously, it'll be gauged a lot on the success of Jodie Whittaker. Yeah. Hopefully, they'll do it for the right reasons. Yeah. Where they, they hold interviews with everyone of every creed and religion or whatever. Nationality, and they, everybody. And they just pick the best one. Yeah. Which is fine. I was going to... I meant to mention, actually. 
they kind of test drove the whole female doctor thing with Missy. Yeah. When the master regenerated and into Missy, and a lot of th- a lot of people lot love of, that. Oh yeah. That's, that's had a had very positive res- response. Me personally, I don't like her, but that's only because I don't like how the master is this recurring character. Yeah. Like he died, but much. then he's not, and then he's you know whatever. Yeah, it gets a bit annoying. But that's 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 not my problem with Missy. That's my problem with that character as a whole. And I was going to say, I don't understand why they couldn't have a different story within the same universe mm. with the Doctor's daughter. Because mm-hmm. he has a daughter who was cloned from him. And is a full-time Lord. The, full-time Lord. She can regenerate. Oh, was her name Jenny? Jenny, I think it was, yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't know why we couldn't have had a whole separate storyline with, uh, with her. Yeah. Because obviously, she doesn't have a TARDIS. She doesn't have a screwdriver. But that could have happened. Um, or she could have just not had the TARDIS exactly. and it would have been a completely different story Jenny yeah it is Jenny oh it's so, um ah. looks like Stephen Moffat's daughter actually Georgia Moffat ah that's probably why she doesn't have a spin-off because that would have been seen as a but I think that would have been really cool because she was quite a good character yeah she was full of and life and the doctor taught her yeah showed her the values that she's meant to have and she picked them up really quickly so it could have been a completely new kind of story. It could yeah. have had a strong female. It's there's just a lot to be said for kind of rather than trying to reinvent the old to suit the new social standards, is try and basically create new stuff that embodies them. Get an original idea. Exactly. Basically. But you know, that, but, but you know, we're not. You know, this is just our thoughts. There might be people that completely disagree with us. There, there might will be people there who definitely will be. agree with us. All we ask is, uh, like we do, and we like to hear their opinions, is that you uh, come with an open mind and you don't assume just because something's being said about it being good that it is actually going to be good. Because it, It's just be open-minded. Yeah, be approach it with an open mind. Exactly. If... That's what Doctor Who is all about. You approach it with an open mind. Doctor Doctor's always open to yeah. everyone. So you approach it with an open mind and we hope for the best. Um, and yeah, we'll see what happens with it. We'll see what happens. We are going to watch it. We need to finish off uh, Peter Capaldi. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, well, it's the Christmas special, obviously, typically when the Doctor regenerates. So. so we'll definitely check in probably after that and see how that ended off because I don't know whether... Is Stephen Moffat writing the Christmas special or is it Chris Chibnall? He is. He's finishing off this season. Mm. He's handing it over. The handover basically is when um, Jodie Whittaker comes into it because uh, Chris Chibnall is actually writing that last bit of the show. Mm. Um, so yeah we'll see how that goes yeah. uh, so we'll almost immediately be able to see the difference in writing really should be yeah. um, so looking forward to that like I say we don't care who or what it is as long as it's good so yeah basically so that's what's been socially called yeah we thanks hope, for listening we hope this comes out in good quality because we have no idea how this will happen um, we will also like to have a segment in this podcast that's called random fact Random useless fact, I would almost random call it. Random useless, because who this, doesn't need more random useless Exactly, this is, this is where you will get, like, the thing that you can go to a kitchen with and surprise somebody with this random useless fact that you know. Take it away, Maggie. So, random useless fact. Why do cats like boxes? I bet you've wondered that. If you like cats, if you hate cats, then I'm sorry. Um, cats like boxes because, actually, they find that they can switch off a lot of their senses and therefore relax more because... The confines of the boxes mean that they don't have to... You might have noticed that cats swish their tail. That's to check that whether there's any enemies behind them. Um, and check out the air behind them. If there's a box around them, they don't have to do that. Because they know that that box is confined and safe. So that is why cats like boxes. So there you go. You get surprise a colleague will work with that. Little fun, pointless fact. 
So, thanks so much for listening. Tune in again next week, same time. Hopefully. Hopefully. We'll see how it goes. We are, apologies if this comes out a bit rough. We are just starting out. Yeah. Um, but early in September, we're going to have some cool new, cool new toys, good equipment, some microphones, and we're going to have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Um, well, if you're listening from the future where we have so many seasons of episodes <laughs> and you're coming back to this first one and you're like, God, this is bad quality, apologies, but... But you love us and you're a, a good fan. Yeah, so thank you if you have done that from the future. So again, I've been Alex. I've been Maggie. And this has been Socially Coarse. Bye-bye. Bye.